Luke 15 and 20. Luke 15 and 20. You got it? Amen. Luke 15 and 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. I want to talk real simple from this thought. A father's love. A father's love. A father's love. We live in a time. We live in a space where throughout time it appears that the importance of the father has been minimized. And we need to understand that fathers are vital for the development and survival of our children. They are essential. They are necessary. They are irreplaceable. Fathers are needed for the development and for the survival of our children. And I have to say this to all of the fathers listening to me today because we need to know that every male child's first role model is his father. I'm going to say that again. Every male child's first role model is his father. The first lessons that he learns about being a man is taught to him by his father. Whether it is a lesson to be a good man or a bad man, a present man or an absent man, an honest man or a dishonest man, these lessons are taught to the son by his father. And I tend to believe that whether we want to admit it or not, every young man is looking for, is starving for, and is striving for the acceptance of his father. Every young girl's first love is her daddy. You can act like it's not true, but it is. Every young lady's first love is their father. This is why when the father is absent, young men grow up oftentimes to reach less than their potential. And young ladies oftentimes get involved with young men who devalue them and demean
them instead of cherish them and love them. As fathers, we must make sure that we do whatever it is we have to do to ensure that our children are treated with love and affection so that we can plant the seeds of structure and success in their lives and kill the weeds of failure and frustration because they strangle our children's future. Failure, frustration, strangles the future of our children. And every day that we love them, every day that we're there for them, every day, every lesson that we teach them is a seed of production that we plant in their lives. That watch this, that when those seeds grow into the product of what that seed was, they will have what they need to be who they are called to be. And you and I may have been called on home to glory and may be sitting in the presence of the Lord, but we can still see that our children are making it on seeds that we planted. And in the same time, if we plant hell, that's all they're going to know is hell. If we raise hell, that's all they're going to do is hell. If we, if, we, if we talk confusion, that's how their lives are going to be. Confusion. So we have to understand what we plant in them is what will be produced for them. This particular pericope, I'm going to hurry to close, but this particular pericope today, we find a series of three parables that make up one story or three stories that make up one parable, however you want to look at it, that the Lord is teaching to those individuals who are in his audience. In the first parable, we find the story of one lost sheep out of a hundred. Then we find the story of one lost coin out of ten. And then we conclude with the story of one of two sons who are lost. It is vital for us to remember the context in which Jesus is telling these parables. The Bible says that all the tax collectors and sinners were gathered around listening to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes are grumbling, saying this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So in an effort to confront the pious attitudes of these sanctimonious folks who think they know who is lost, the Lord starts teaching in parables to reveal who really is lost. You'll get that when you get home. You got some folk there looking at Jesus crazy because Jesus is teaching to people who they feel is lost. And then Jesus starts teaching in parables to reveal to them who really is lost. You may need to stop judging folk who you think is lost because the Lord may reveal to you that the one you think is lost is really found and the one you think is found is really lost. This young man was living it up in his father's house. 
He had everything that a young person could have. Reverend Showers, whatever he could conjure in his head, his father would make sure that he would hold it in his hands. Ah, but just like many of us, the grass looked greener on the other side of the fence. Tell your neighbor the grass ain't always green over there. You better get off that fence because that ain't real grass over there. That's some astroturf. It always looks better on the other side. It always looked better at the other church. It always looks better with the other choir. It always looks better with the other pastor. It always looks better with the other preachers. It always looks better with the other ushers. But you better watch it because what's on the other side of the fence may not be what you think it is. Tell your neighbor you better get somewhere and sit down because the grass is not always greener on the other side. And what he did not realize that when greener grass, there comes a more expensive water bill. He tells his father, he says, give me. Uh, he says, give me. He says, give me. He says, give me the goods that falls my way. This son knows that there is an inheritance awaiting him after the demise of his father. So watch this, what he says to this father in no uncertain terms because he knows that after his father is gone, there is a, an inheritance that he will receive. He knows that after his father is dead, that that is an inheritance that he will receive. He knows that after his father is dead, that that is an inheritance for him to receive. He says, Daddy, I don't want to wait till then for you to give me my inheritance. I want it right now. So Sister Swafford, in essence, what he was saying to his dad is, Daddy, I wish you was dead so I could get my stuff. Mm, wish you were dead. As a matter of fact, let's act as if you are dead. Give me what's going to fall my way. Oh, at the wheel reading time. I don't want to hey, wait till the wheel. I already know what's in the wheel. Go ahead and give me my stuff. And this father being the loving father that he was says, okay, son, I'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. He says, I'll give it to you even though I know you aren't ready for it. I'll give it to you. Mm. Let me put a pen right there and let you know that you got to be careful about wanting something that you ain't ready for. Mm -hmm. you, you, you got to be careful about wanting something that you're not ready for because if you ain't ready for it it will use you instead of you using it it will rule you instead of you ruling it it will control you until instead of you controlling it you will be running after it rather than it running after you oh look at your name and say be careful 
about wanting something that you're not ready for. Because if you're not ready for it, baby, it's going to take you and it's going to twist you and it's going to turn you. And before you know it, you'll be looking like a pretzel trying to straighten out something that you wasn't ready for. He says, he says, he says, he says, I'm going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you're ready for it. Uh -huh. And I'm talking to somebody here at Calvary. I'm speaking prophetically in your lives today. And I'm telling somebody listening to me, slow down. You are not ready. You are looking for a promotion that you're not prepared for. You're looking for a responsibility that you're not ready for. Stay there and let God mold you a little while longer. <laughs> you're still on the potter's wheel. And the potter still has you in his hands. And you look like you were about done. But then the potter looked at you and saw that there was a crack still in your foundation. And if he take you off right there, the first joke that comes, the first bump in the road, the first thing that shakes you, going to destroy you because you got a crack in your foundation. But if you just stay on the wheel, look at somebody and tell them, stay on the wheel. Stay on the wheel. Stay on the wheel. He's got you. He's doing something. He, he got the speed. He's controlling the speed with his feet and he's controlling the power with his hand. Look at your neighbor and tell him I'm going to stay right here because as long as I'm on the wheel, I know I'm all right because even though I'm on the wheel, I'm still in his hand. Not ready yet. You can't handle it yet. You ain't mature enough yet. You ain't been through enough yet. You need some more seasoning. You ever cooked a meal and it smelled good? Smelled like it was all right. Aroma all through the house. Every room, you waking up people with the aroma. Yeah, you went and looked at it and it, it looked perfect, Reverend Charles. Then you tasted it. And you said it's missing something. I don't know what it is, but it's missing something. Then you put a little salt in it, no, that didn't work. Then you put a little pepper in it, that didn't work. Then you put a little sage in it, I don't know, that didn't work. But then you put some garlic on it, no, that didn't work. And you had to keep adding and adding until you finally got it perfect. And that's what the Lord is doing with us right now. He's continuing to add a little of this and a little of that. And when you're ready, he'll take you off. And he'll put you right in the place you need to be. Yeah, you need a little more seasoning. You can't handle being talked about yet. Mm, I got some witnesses in here that can testify. You can't handle being talked about until you've been talked about. Mm, you can't handle being lied on until you've been lied on. You can't handle being ridiculed until you've been ridiculed. You can't handle being, you can't handle being attacked until you've been attacked. 
Oh, because it's one thing to watch somebody else get attacked. It's another thing to go through the attack yourself. Oh, but I wish I had about 10 witnesses in here that can testify. I've been attacked. I've been in the storm. But the Lord made a way somehow. But he wanted it so bad. He wanted it so bad, Ralton. Oh, that the Bible says that he took it. Yes, he went in to a far country. And the Bible says life was good for a little while. He had the world by his tail. Money was plentiful and friends were favorable. Because somebody in here knows as long as you got something, there will always be folk around you. As long as you got what they want or got what they need. They'll be right there by your side, patting you on the back, agreeing with you, smiling with you, heeing high and with you, eating at your table as long as you're paying for the meal. Yeah, I know I got some folk in here that can testify. I had some folk that I thought were my friends, but I found out they weren't my friends because a friend ain't just there when times are good, but a friend is there when times get hard. And a friend is not somebody who just tells me what I want to hear. A friend is somebody who will tell me what I need to hear. I'm coming to tell somebody else in here prophetically. You got to watch some folk because you think they your friends. But they ain't your friends. That rascal don't mean you no good. All you got to do is make a man. And you'll find out who's for you and who's against you. Give somebody a high five and say what a friend. But he found out who his true friends were when trouble showed up. That's when you find who your true friends are. They don't leave you in the trial of trouble. They say, I'm right here with you. And we're going to make it through this thing together. Come hell or high water. We're going to be right here together. We didn't get in his by ourselves. We ain't gonna come through it by ourselves. Cause we're right here. You and me may never part. Somebody holler together. Somebody holler together. Somebody holler together. We will make it. That's what I love about Jesus. Because I know no matter how low I get, I got a friend on whom I can depend. He won't leave you, neither will he forsake you. He's always there. Trouble came. Trouble came. Trouble came. Trouble never shows up in the beginning. It always shows up in the process you didn't get it yet trouble never shows up in the beginning it always shows up when you start doing what you believed in the beginning you still ain't got it 
trouble doesn't show up at the beginning. It shows up when you start the process. Everybody was on our side when we started building the church. When we started thinking about the church. When we started getting ready for what the Lord was going to do. Oh, but when we started putting things in process, then folks' feelings got hurt. Then folks got mad at folk. Then folk didn't want to participate in things because trouble don't start at the beginning. It starts when you start moving down the road. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I know you're moving because I see you in trouble. But don't let that trouble stop your moving. You keep on going. God will take care of you. His money ran out. His friends backed out. Here he is in the distant land. No money. No friends. By his side. He needed something to take care of himself. He needed something to hold on to in a distant land. And I wonder if anybody here has ever been in a distant land. Everything is flying around you in a distant land. You all by yourself in a distant land. You're about to lose your mind in a distant land. Friends have forsaken you, distant land. Family has betrayed you, distant land. Bible says he joined himself, working to feed the peas. And no respectful Jew would ever be fine dealing with swine. But desperate times call for desperate measures. Has you ever been desperate? I'm just talking to the real folk in here. Fake folk, just close your ears right now. But I'm just talking to the real folk in here that can testify I've been desperate. When I've done some things that I said I never would do. And let me warn you, don't ever say what you won't do. Because you don't know where you got to go. Because where you got to go may make you do some things you never said you were going to do. To get what you had to get. Yeah, desperation will make you crawl in the dirt. To touch the hem of his garment. Desperation will make you wash in a dirty pool. Looking to be clean. Desperation will make you sell your body. Trying to get a buck. Desperation will make you climb up in a tree to see Jesus passing by. Desperation will make you fight through a crowd trying to get to a cure. Desperation will make you stand on the side and shout, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Desperation will make you run through the town screaming, come see a man who told me everything about me. Desperation will make you walk to a bar or two and you don't even know who's going to roll away the stone. Desperation will make you sit down with a 5,000 other people around you and wait for you to get your snack. Desperation will make you sit under the table and tell somebody 
remembered in his desperation. Somewhere between desperation and dying, he remembered that at my daddy's house, the house I just left, I got servants. My daddy got servants with enough food to eat that they throw some food away. Mm, that would be great if I just get up and go to my daddy's house because his servants have enough food that there would be some leftovers for me to partake. They have enough leftovers that I would be filled. Is there anybody here who's ever had to live off leftovers? Somebody don't mind testifying that it was leftovers that brought me over. You know you, would, you wouldn't make it because you didn't have everything you took. But the Lord gave you some leftovers. And now you can testify that the God, that the Lord's been good to me because I made it on leftovers. There was enough food to spare in his father's house. He said, I got to go to where my father is. And I got to tell him against you and against you alone. Have I seen? Because there was enough food to spare. He said, I, I remember that my father been faithful to me even when I wasn't faithful to him. And if my daddy hasn't had my funeral yet, if my daddy hadn't buried me yet, I'm gonna go and ask daddy if I could just be one of his servants. I just wanna be a day laborer. Just pick me up at the nearest Lowe's on Monday and let me come and do some work. I don't need no FICA or no social security, just, just pay me under the table because I'm desperate right now. And I wonder if there's anybody here today that don't mind testifying that I once was jacked up, almost at my wit's end, didn't know what to do or which way to turn. But before I died, I remember that in my father's house, there was plenty to go around. In my father's house, there was love abounding. In my father's house, there was joy and peace. I'm going back to my father's house. But when I go back to daddy's house, I don't want my room back. I don't expect my inheritance back. I don't expect my seat at the table. I don't expect my rights back. I just want to go back and be a servant on my father's staff. And he looked up. The Bible said he looked up because in order to get up, you got to look up. Somebody, if you ain't too mean, grab 
your neighbor the first step in getting up is looking up pick up your head you are somebody you are a child of the king he said I'm going back to my father's house and he started walking on his way to daddy's house he's practicing his speech I've seen you and against God only what he didn't know that while he was getting up his father was looking out waiting on his boy to return because he messed up he was still his boy I know I was supposed to have had his funeral but I cannot bury my boy and that's what the good father does he's looking out for you and me say I'm waiting on you to come home and while he was still a long ways off the daddy said hold up hold up that looks like my baby boy like he's walking like him he's gaping like him he's going from side to side just like you enter and the bible says the father didn't wait for the boy to make it to him because the father's love can't wait his love Somebody give God some praise for the Father's love. And what I love about this song, this story is interesting because there are actually two sons in this story. Father has a son that is lost in the far country. But he also has a son that's lost in the house. Daddy says he's home. Why my boy ain't got no shoes on? Go get some of my slippers. <laughs> and put on his feet get one of my robes put on his back get the signet ring put on his finger cause my son that was lost is now found he was dead but now he lives again. But watch this. There was another boy in the house. He heard Cooling the Game playing. Snoop Dogg getting 
Jay-Z them. Yeah. Playing. DJ. Playing the music. Isley Brothers. Let me down easy. <laughs> and this brother said, hold up. I ain't going to no party. I ain't going to no party. I got a college degree. They got a big old sign going across the marquee. Welcome home, Pookie. I done done everything I'm supposed to do. Nobody ever put my name in lights. I'm not going to no party. They ain't had no fatty care for me. Father, because the Father's love is excellent love and is unconditional love. Just like he didn't come down on the sun far away he didn't come down on the sun lost in the house he says everything that I have you've always been able to have it didn't nobody tell you you couldn't invite your friends over and have a barbecue and put some balloons up and just celebrate yourself because everything that belongs to the Father belongs to you. I'm talking to somebody in here that you mad every time somebody else gets recognized. And you're the one in your family that did everything that was supposed to be done. And it seems like nobody ever sees what you've done. Nobody ever acknowledges your accomplishment. But I come to tell you that you're living in the Father's house. And you ain't got to wait for somebody to throw you a party. You better learn everything the Father has. Belongs to you. And it's time for you to have your own party look at your neighbor and say I'm about to have my own party I'm about to throw a party for myself because my father told me that I can just celebrate being his child and I wish I had about 15 people in here who know you are the Lord's child just go ahead and celebrate being the Lord's child tell your neighbor I'm happy I am the Lord's child 